episode of 30 flirty and surviving it's tracy new episodes drop every monday at 9 a.m on apple iheart and spotify plus we've got some video content on youtube for you guys and of course you can follow along with everything on the show at 30 flirty surviving on instagram and if you just like watching all the clips and episode promos and whatnot. Follow along on TikTok too. It's also 3040 Surviving. I have a guest for you as always. So you guys already know. And she has been around the Boston area for a long time. I'm sure you have shopped in her stores. But do you really know her full story? I did not until last week and I just loved chatting with her and getting to know her and I think that you guys are going to fall in love with her just as much as I did. Her name is Lindsay Rando and she is the owner and founder of Bobbles and Lace. So now that I've got your attention, without further ado, let me introduce to you Lindsay. Hi, Hi, Hi Tracy. How are you? You have the cutest little voice. I'm afraid I'm going to pop on here with like oh a nasal queen over here. <laughs> That's so kind of you to say because uh, actually speaking of TikTok, I get roasted all the time for how high pitched my voice is. No, I think it's adorable. Thank it's you. It's good. It's good. Thank you so much. You know, it's that little part of um, staying young. I just sound like I'm younger than 30. <laughs> Um, so I start everything off with a couple fun introductory questions. So if you'll play along with me, first is always, where were you born and raised? I was born in, I was actually born in Georgia, but oh my goodness, I only lived there for about two weeks, but I grew up <laughs> in the North Shore. I'm a North Shore girly, Marblehead, Salem, Swampscott, Peabody, all, all that area. I love that. Mm-hmm. I like the North Shore. I I think that there's like supposed to be this rivalry since I'm from the South Shore. Yeah. But I'm really fond of the North Shore. It's really just New England is just yeah. great. I've lived kind of all over and it's I never thought I would when you're young growing up that you want to come back to where you're from. But yeah. here we are. I love it. Home I love is it. where the heart is. New England girl. <laughs> all the way. What is your age? I am 41. <gasps> I love Years that. You're young. You look younger than I do. You're stunning. Oh my God, thank you. You're a zodiac sign. I'm a cancer. A I'm cancer. a crab. A crab. And it's very, it's very true to what I, who I am. Are you crabby? Or are you, no, no, no. I'm like kidding. I seem super, sometimes, aren't we all? I have right. that hard exterior, but I'm like super shy and sensitive. Yeah, a softie. Actually, I'm a wicked softie. Aww. Sweet. And what's funny is when we were chatting last week, too, you had mentioned something, and I won't spoil it yet, but you had said, you know, I'm really not like a hippy-dippy type of person. I'm not totally into these things. And I was like, I hope she's going to be okay with me asking her Zodiac (laughs) sign when we get on to the podcast. Because right off the bat, you were like, I don't really believe Uh, in all that stuff. But you know, you caught me (laughs) red-handed. It's true. I don't. But I at least appreciate you knowing what your sign is and being able to answer the question. So thank you for that. I can play. (laughs) What is is your relationship status, Miss Lindsay? I've been married for uh, since 2008. Wow. And How many years is that? Gosh, a lot of years. A lot of years. <laughs> More than I can do on the fly for mm-hmm. math. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you have any children? I do. I have two boys, age 10 and 11. How do you like being a boy mom? It's all I know. Yeah. But I am the girliest girl 
um, you know, I'm not the girl who has a ton of guy friends growing up. Like, I'm a girl's yes. girl. Uh, so, you know, I kind of had to roll with it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of male energy going on in that house. <laughs> a lot of male there's energy. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. And then I have one last fun question for you. Since we are going to be talking all about bobbles and lace and you are a previous stylist, you are a stylist now, but I know you have that business owner hat on all the time. But I'm curious, how do you define style? Gosh, style is really an outward expression of who you are. You know, it it communicates to the world. You can say anything with what you want to wear and it can be a costume. You can be, you can be who you want. So many people will say when they try things on, they say, I can't pull that off. And I'm like, well, 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 why? What does that even mean? What does that mean? Yeah, because it's true. I think, you know, our personalities change, our mood differs day to day. So it's really just a reflection of how we're feeling inside. It's not having to be specifically like, this is so Tracy's look, because Tracy's different every single day. Yeah, and it can be fun. Clothes are fun. Yes, clothes are fun. Clothes are are so fun. So... I mean, it goes without saying, like I said, you, you guys have been a staple in the Boston area for years now, but if anyone out there has not heard of Bubbles and Lace, how would you describe the store and what the business is? I think it's really um, accessible, fashion-forward clothing. Mm-hmm. So really the whole concept is to go and be styled head to toe and not break the bank. You know, you can certainly go to um, Saks or to Nordstrom's or, or, you know, and pay a couple thousand dollars for, for a look and you can get that service. Mm-hmm. But rarely can you can you get that experience, um, you know, not be stressed out about the price tag. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I appreciate that because not all of us can, like you said, but yet why why shouldn't we be able to have that same experience and that treat ourselves, those little, you know, like luxurious moments in life, something to look forward to, and also take the pressure off. Like, God, you know, we're always trying to be able, to, I can do it all, I can do it all. It's really cool to just be like, you know what, this isn't my wheelhouse. I want someone else to just tell me what to put on and I'll just go with it. Like, I, I love that. It is so nice to be taken care of. So in a, a lot of our trainings, we actually train um, our stylists. We put your shoes on for you. Oh, so wow. when's the last time Cinderella. someone when's the last time someone put a shoe on your foot? Um, when I was like five. Well, years exactly. Old. Yeah. Come to us and we will put a shoe on and lace it up for you. How do you All like right. that? All right, sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. But um, before you actually got the business off the ground and and created Bobbles and Lace, you were. Living in California, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. And you were working as a stylist freelance, or did you have your, like, were you working under a company? Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about that story and sort of where you were before Bobbles and Lace got started? Okay, this is this is the fun one. This is the best. This is a fun one. So I was living in um, in downtown LA with my, with Derek, who's my husband now, boyfriend then. We had like a mattress on the floor, living in a loft, very sexy. Rough in it. Very rough in it, (laughs) sexy. Um, He was, he is a musician. And so he was doing that thing. And I was um, doing some light acting modeling. And that's not at all what I wanted to do. It just really happened. (laughs) It didn't interest you at all. No, 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 no. I just fell into it. I was a stylist back in in the Boston area. And one day the model didn't show up. 
And they turned to me and said, ah, you want to, you, can you step in for us? And so I, I did. Yeah. And it made money, but it just wasn't, um, it just wasn't my thing. Wow. It wasn't my thing. So I was out there making some money, trying to find my, my passion, what I loved. Yeah. And we lived in the garment district um, in downtown LA. There was a lot of wholesale stores. And so I took um, $70. And I remember the amount, which is so weird. It was exactly $70. And I bought some wholesale jewelry. Now, I had an aunt back in the Boston area who at the time had a very successful um, Newberry Street jewelry stand. Mm. So I said, I'm going to do that smaller scale. So bought myself a little bar cart, plastic bar cart, outfitted it out with an umbrella, and I decorated my $70 worth of jewelry on this plastic bar cart. And at lunchtime in downtown LA, I, I, I wheeled it down the street. So I'm wheeling it down the street. <laughs> um, and at lunchtime, it's the financial district also, everyone came down. From, from where they were living. And they all came down for lunch mm-hmm. and they bought all of my jewelry. So in one hour, I had nothing left. Every single last piece. Everything was gone. Wow. So I, I, I now, instead of $70, had like 300 yeah. And I thought, oh, that was fun, but maybe it was a fluke. Let's try it again. So I um, went back down to the wholesale district. I bought $300 worth of goodies. One of the things I sold, weirdly enough, was an owl necklace, and I can exactly can remember it, it still. <laughs> to this day. Okay, so owls have a very special meaning to me because of it. But in any Aww. case, we bought $300 worth of stuff, wheeled it down the street the next day, and lo and behold, I had $700. I said, oh, my God, this works. And really, not much has changed. I know it sounds crazy, and now we're, you know— eight stores strong, now we're a franchise. It's really the same basic model. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, buy cool things, tell people how to wear them, and that's it. And that's it. I mean, you've just scaled it, really. You got it. And fine-tune, I'm sure you have a little bit more authority in terms of the inventory <laughs> and what's available, right? What you're going to put yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, looking back, like, what do you really think was sort of the magic juice that that made that work was it getting there at the right time for these you know business women or or men whoever was purchasing and and just like I don't have the time to go to the store myself and this is is it the convenience of it do you think that it was really the curation of the pieces that you had selected what made it so successful because that's rare it's real I think it's really a culmination of many things um I think it's a great curation. I think I'm a great curator. And I'm not one to boast or brag about myself. You'll learn that. <laughs> but I, I'm a really good curator. That's mm-hmm. that's my talent. But it's also trial and error. This street didn't work. I'm going to go to this street. I'm going to try this street. It's also being able to, um, I, I don't want to say sell, but being able to match people to the right product for them. Right. Um, really understanding your clientele. And the last part of it is just hard work. 
You know, it's yeah. it's not easy. It's not it, it was hard to make that card and I make it sound easy and fun, but you know, I had to paint it, I had to get a business license. There are also a lot of other steps that go along with it. You had to get a business license for writing a I did. No way. Yeah, then I had to get a peddler's license, which I actually couldn't do, so I did it illegally and that's <laughs> So don't try that at home, people. You can't just learn from her learn. Oh my god, the cops used to pull up and be like, "You again?" I was like, "Yep." <laughs> You're like, "Hey, Mike, how's it going?" How's I it know. Going? I'm I out know. of here. I'll leave. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow. So, taking it back even a step further, you know, before you got to LA, and you know, before you got into styling, what about being a stylist really drew you in, and what was interesting about that career path? Oh my God, it's in my blood. Yeah. So I grew up with um, a single mom, and she has two sisters, and it's like a tribe of really fashionable women. But my grandmother owned a consignment store, so a secondhand store in Marblehead. So growing up with a single mother and Growing up on the counter of a consignment store, you know, I really understood that style doesn't didn't have to come at a high price. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 can't buy style. Yeah. And so, watching my grandmother style women, I used to let me do the mannequins when I was as soon as oh I could gosh, walk. Oh my gosh, so fun! It was so fun. It's like dress up. I had a she had a jewelry display of glass. I actually let me do the display. So it's truly. I think it's in my blood. Yeah, it's almost like you didn't have a choice. You just it was what you were doing from a young age. <laughs> Everyone around you was doing it. But you but to your point, like you really saw the value in it too and you noticed how it made people feel and how you could really change someone's day-to-day when you make it accessible for them. Mm-hmm. And it is one of those things you kind of like either have it or you don't. So, why not give a little help or take a little help if need be? From other people, you know? Exactly. So I'm curious. This is kind of a fun question. Now being a mom, do you approach styling differently when it comes to like, here's what my kids, I mean, I'm sure at this age, they're probably picking out what they want to wear, but like maybe when they're a little bit younger, you know, do you approach what styling differently when it comes to a client versus like your kids or if you guys have an event and like your husband needs to pick out his tie or is that really is it always the same part of the brain that you're just like nope this is what works or is it you know what I mean like a little bit different when it's more personal yeah you know I'm I'm, I've always been the friend that people call and they're like Lindsay I need help what do I wear with this yeah but you know I know those people and I and they trust me already I think when it's a client in the store and really understanding um, their comfort level um, their vision for themselves, their body type, what makes them feel fabulous. I mean, that's a whole different thing. That that's that's trust that needs to be earned. Yeah, but absolutely, it, it is. It, it's different, and it's the same. You know. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah. I'm following. Yeah. I'm following. Yeah. And another sort of fun question is: although it was never your intention, you did end up seeing both sides of the fashion industry on the styling side, but then also being a model and actress. Mm-hmm. What sort of realizations did you have during that time once you were able to see sort of from a 360 lens? Or like, did you be like, oh, wow, yeah, you know? Yeah, you know, it, there's very little, from my perspective, I had very little creative control mm-hmm. when you're uh, in the front of the camera. Right. You know, you're being told what to do. Um, where the other way, I, I, I have the power to communicate. Um, so it's, it's a little bit about 
expression. It's a little bit about power. It's a little bit about creativity um, and self and, and value. Yeah. You know, and it's it's. Let me tell you, that's a hard job to be in the front of a camera. Oh yeah, yeah. Off of all eyes on you, and the it just was not for me. I'd much rather be be working from the sidelines. Thank you. Absolutely, I'm with you. Even like on this, sometimes or afterwards, we'll take a photo. It's like, how come the photos in my house by myself always look so cute, and then I look at the photos here. It's just you feel like <laughs> on, like the eyes are on you. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just it's not natural. It's yeah. just nice, kind of being behind the scenes a little bit. And some people love it and thrive on it, and it's great. But yes. I just it, it, I'd. Much rather be on that side of things. <laughs> I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Well, you sort of alluded to the fact that you were pretty much a hustler back in LA. You were yeah. you were just whatever you when you got to that next step and you're like, okay, well now I need this license or I got to figure out how to do this. You just made it work. Um, so it, it's very clear to me how you got a, a full fledged business running and off the ground. But for most, like you know, coming up with the concept is easy, right? That's the easy part. So many people have these great ideas, and then the execution becomes the difficult sort of. Um, roadblock for for them. So for you, once you finally came back to Massachusetts and, you know, you had success pushing that cart around and you had got your licenses where needed, how did you really transition into, okay, I'm going to open up a store and I'm going to get a real business started with like four walls and Mm -hmm. racks and the whole nine yards? Yeah, well, at that time I was doing even... Before before I moved, I was doing um, colleges. I was working at different colleges and the Rose Bowl and, and flea markets. And that's a whole nother hustle. You have to load the car up at the end of the day to set up a store. It's really like having a mobile store. And I used to fit it all into my Jetta at the time. So it was it was, it was was quite – so to me, four walls at the time seemed like a luxury yeah. to be able to lock up and leave at the end of the day. So it was, you know, really great. But, um, you know, having – my my aunt at the time mm-hmm. had then had a store in Marblehead called Bobbles, and I had transitioned to selling clothing. So I said, "Why don't we open Bobbles and Lace? You'll be the Bobbles, and I'll be the Lace, and I'll bring the clothes." Yeah. So we weren't sure how it was going to hit when we first opened. Um, you know, it's very fashion forward. Uh, a lot of the styles and designers come from California, and in Marblehead at the time, the hot store was Lily Pulitzer in the pink. Not any saying anything bad about Lily Pulitzer in the pink. It's just the opposite styling <laughs> that, as to what. I hope you guys are watching her or somewhere on YouTube or you've seen this on Instagram <laughs> as well because if you only saw what she's wearing, you would understand why it is the opposite of Lily Pulitzer. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like the, the naughty older sister, but that's of Lily, but that's fine. I um, love it. Yeah, yeah. So we were unsure of how it was going to go. But, you know, part of starting a business, you have to take a risk. You have to take risks. You have to believe in yourself. You have to love your product. There are so many have-tos. And we opened the doors and kind of like the, the push cart, everything sold. In a week, me and my aunt turned to each other and went, wow, we're out of product. <laughs> that worked. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things a lot of people are sort of curious about is – the inventory, like where do you get it from? How do you find it? Mm-hmm. How often do you swap out and get new inventory? Can you walk us through a little bit of that as well? Absolutely. So we use, God, I use some of the same vendors that I I, I met and I worked with 15, 20, 25 years ago, which I'm aging myself a little That's more amazing. there. Um, but a lot, of, a, a lot of business, a lot of this business is relationships. 
um, a friend of mine, Heather, she always says the two keys to success are work hard and be nice. So, you know, in working hard and being nice, you develop these relationships with all different vendors. And I think that that's been um, a really successful part of my business. Um, So we pull from, we don't have any one vendor. We pull from hundreds of vendors, hundreds, hundreds. I want to even say maybe even thousands. I handpick every single piece. I don't buy online. I go to the source and I touch it. I feel it. Sometimes I try it on in a showroom. I'm the only crazy person at one of these shows or a showroom that's I'm like, can I try this on? Can I try these on? Like, that I, makes I, sense, I, I got to see it, feel it, see it, touch it. Very tactile. Yeah. Um, and we're always we're always getting new things. We, we carry very small quantity. Because it's a boutique, we typically have one of everything in each size and each location. And once it's gone, it's gone. Dang. You've got to get well, strike while the iron's hot. And you're not going to be matching, you know, your 10 other girls in, in down at uh, contested that night. <laughs> Which is good to know, yeah. though, right? Because, I mean, seriously, there's nothing worse when you're like, oh, I just got this brand new top. I love it. Yeah. I feel so great in it. And then everyone else is wearing it. Because then you just feel like, all right, well, now I have to switch it up. Uh, exactly. Exactly. That's that's a really nice bonus. I didn't think about that, but yeah. it's true. It's a lot of work, but it, mm-hmm. it keeps it really fresh and fun. Yeah. And I love that you... It just, I think, is a testament to how much you stand behind your business and, and the product that you put out there because you really do take the time. Like, is this comfortable? This sweater might be really cute, but is it that material that's going to start to itch you and then no one wants mm-hmm. to wear it all day long? No, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother buying that because I know my clients aren't going to be happy in it. You really take the time, go the extra mile to make sure that it's something you'd be happy to wear and something you know that's going to be practical and look good and, you know, really check all the different boxes. Yeah. I rely on myself the most as my mm-hmm. best resource. For, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we were talking about on um, our call before the podcast was, you know, you really mastered this. What I, what you quoted and I just loved it so much was like the secret sauce. Like oh, yeah. you have like this recipe for <laughs> how Bobbles and Lace has really been able to withstand throughout COVID and four years, you know, how, how long in, in total has the business been? Over 15 years. 15 years, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that really is a testament to figuring out what your brand is and mastering it. And so when you say you have that secret sauce and that recipe nailed down, you know, it's true. You can back that up. But how much trial and error did that take until you figured out this is exactly what I, like, we're here. I feel good with where we're at. You know, I think it's a constant evolution. And I'm not sure I'll ever stop and say I'm good at where I'm at. I think it's always going to be constantly evolving. It's a very fluid thing. I think that's why COVID, we were able to not close any stores. We actually opened a store. Yes. So being able to work with the environment, being you know, the, the political environment, uh, political economic environment out there, it's, it's, it's really, really important. But, you know, over the past 15 years, I think we've gotten our groove mainly by trial and error. You can't be afraid to try and you can't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. What's that saying? Um, Sometimes, sometimes you you win. Sometimes you learn. Yes, I like that. Isn't that a good one? That's a good one. So you know, I think it was after COVID where I said, "Wow, look at us!" <laughs> and you know, very rarely, 
you might be the same way too. Are you able to step back and have a moment of being proud for yourself and your accomplishments, especially as like the type A entrepreneur? It's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? So being able to take a minute to sit back and be like, wow, look at me. Yeah. Look what I can do. I, I do have have this, all the ingredients put together. This, this does work. Um, and you're always going to tweak it here and there, but you have the main basic ingredients. I, and that's when I say, you know what? I'm going to franchise. I I want a couple things that are going through my head right now. I mean, number one, I I love that you said, you know, you it's about evolving and yes, you can sort of master the outline of the recipe, but with the understanding that sometimes you need a little extra pinch of salt here and a little more sugar there, right? So it's not ever feeling like I've finally perfected it and I'm never going to need to touch us again because I think that so many companies did go through that in COVID where when they weren't ready to change and couldn't adapt, that's where they saw themselves to be in a little bit of trouble. Like with COVID, you leaned into the athleisure space. Uh, everyone's at home mm -hmm. or people aren't working right now. So we're going to do a couple, you know, matching sets and some joggers. And, and that's the stuff that people need because no one needs high heels at the moment. And no one's looking for this really cute blouse, mm -hmm. right? So you, it's knowing who your customers are, knowing what they want and being able to sort of move as they move. Yeah. A hundred percent was actually the fabric masks that I think mm. we sold so many fabric fashion masks. Now, if you would have said to me five years ago, that's how you're, you're going to pull yourself out of a pandemic financially. I would have laughed, laughed, laughed. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Tie-dye was hot. That was the hottest one, actually. <laughs> the tie-dye face the mask. The tie-dye face mask. Thank you. Cheers to that. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then the other thing is you kind of were saying it without saying it, but this imposter syndrome. Ugh. I, If I had a nickel for every time someone's come on the show and they've talked about their business and then that has come up in one way or another, I would be buying us all a vacation to Tahiti. Mm -hmm. Peter, you included. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but I, I, it's, it's why, why do you think that is, that God. we have this feeling of I'm not good enough or I can't give myself enough credit. Is it a woman thing? Yeah. Is it a general thing? It's a woman thing. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, my, one of my good friends is a professor at Suffolk. Um, he teaches entrepreneurship and he came to me a few years ago and said, hey, will you um, be, be work with my class and, and speak in, in my class and, and we'll run the class around your business and I'm like, you want my business? Like, you want me to? And these are me? M these are MBAs <laughs> studying business at Suffolk University. I'm like, I don't have a business degree. What am I going to talk about? Like, you know, kitten heels versus espadrilles. Like, what am I going to? Like, what? What am I? What do you? What? 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 What do I have to to, to give and yeah. share? I'm not a business owner. I'm not an entrepreneur. Like, I'm not a, a, a this business savvy mogul. He's like, Lindsay, you kind of are. You yes, actually, you are. you are. And I was like, oh, I am. And I think that you know that insecurity comes from, at least from my my perspective, from being a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, I was at Starbucks um, a few months ago and I had a business meeting and then the, the person I was working with left and a, a gentleman came over and said, what are you guys doing? Are you working on some a project? Is this, you know, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, w would you ever have gone up to a man in a suit and asked him that question? What are you guys working on? 
I can even tell by the tone of your voice just how condescending it was. And like, oh, so cute. So you girls. Cute. So cute. What are you doing? You're doing a little, you know, a craft, a little arts and crafts, a little DIY. Yeah. What are you guys playing around with exactly. over here? Right. What are you making? So it wasn't, you know, it, and that's just one story. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could give thousands. That's just one I happened to pull out of the air. Um, I was in a meeting last week. I was the only female in the room who actually knew the most about the topic. And no one cared one iota what I had to say. Wouldn't even talking. Oh, it, it's just, it, it's, um, it's such a shame, but it, it, it's very much part of our society and the way that we're gr- brought up. Um, so, you know, the, the imposter syndrome is, is, is very real. Yeah, absolutely. And it is sort of this vicious cycle because society is conditioned to sort of think that it's a man's role to be in power and to take charge and the woman sort of stays back a few steps, right? Mm -hmm. But then we're also taught as women, you know, be polite, smile, don't ruffle feathers. So rather than sticking up for ourselves, we sometimes just stay a little quiet when those moments happen and then that's almost perpetuating it as well but then also why we have this imposter syndrome because we don't want to stand up and and give ourselves the the pat on the back that we deserve so it really is difficult and I feel like we're making strides but we're not all the way there yet it's really hard to navigate and you know I think that uh, I'm learning that I don't necessarily want to do it like a man. You know, I, I want to do it like a woman. And there there are differences. And, you know, my dad is one of my my business mentors that I go to for business questions. But, you know, the way that he handles it is in a is in a masculine way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, I there there is a difference. Absolutely. You know, and and I, I've learned to love that difference. And I love working with all women, and you know, we have a team of forty women that 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 we work, that I work with, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that you have such a female centered business, yeah. um, and you also you know hire, of course, a lot of, of females. That's always really great to see, and I think you know we need more and more of that. But I that's going to be one of the one of the lines from this that I remember. You know, I don't want to do it like a man. I want to do it like a woman. And I think that there's more and more coming out with like the pay way, um, the wage gaps, and um, with all different things like you know, women want to be equals. Like we just want what we deserve. It's I don't necessarily want exactly what the guy has, but I just want to be. Um, either compensated the way that he is or you know what I mean, right like it's it's not about being equal we're not we're not necessarily the same Correct. but we want to be treated with the same amount of respect we want to be given the same amount of opportunities mm-hmm. and you know, that way I feel like you know it's not it doesn't always need to be this like crazy competition of like men versus women it's like we all have different places. Sometimes they overlap. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. But it's just like we uh, I think we talked about this on the phone call. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of statistics going around with all the layoffs happening, unfortunately. But, you know, talking about how when there's a job opening, mm-hmm. um, say you get down all the way down to the qualifications and there's those five or six bullet points of you need this amount of years of experience. You need a bachelor's degree in this. You need to know X, Y and Z programs, blah, 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 blah. Women will take a look, and if we have all but one, 
we're less likely to apply. Mm -hmm. Most women will not apply because we'll say, oh, I don't meet the qualifications. Whereas men will take a look at the same list and have virtually- Only have one. Yeah, only have one. And- they'll still apply. And it's that confidence. And I I really do think it comes down to the conditioning. It's all confidence. And I've learned that we can do it all. Um, You know, it it can be a tough balance, especially being a a mom Mm -hmm. and a wife and uh, a business owner. Those are three, like, really hard things that I've learned to balance. And I call it my trilemma. (laughs) And so when any one of those things is going great, like business is going fantastic and I'm on a work trip and everything's great and on a retreat and Mm -hmm. the other two things kind of tend to fall away. And then if I'm doing great wife things and we're doing this and we're doing that, like the kids and the business fall away or if I'm spending so much time with the kids, it's, it's finding that happy place to balance it, to balance it all. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's learning to be, be Okay with just being okay sometimes and being really forgiving on yourself and that balance. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because we we tend to beat ourselves up so much too of like, you know, well, I can't give the business the attention it deserves because then the attention for my Mm -hmm. family is going to slip. But um, I've also, you know, been hearing a lot about people talking about, you know, a marriage, for years, we always say a marriage should be 50-50. A marriage isn't really 50-50. A marriage is sometimes I'm giving 80, sometimes you're giving 20, and sometimes it's vice versa, right? And I think it's being able to meet your partner where they're at and sort of compliment them. When I need a little bit more, you give a little bit more, and then I do the same for you. And as a business owner, you know, there are going to be times where you have to prioritize your company and your business because you, you know, that needs to stay afloat. And so, yeah, maybe you don't get home for dinner every single night, but then once you get past that hump, the business will be smooth sailing and you get to go on a big family vacation, right? So it's that not having it always be 50-50. It's like, there's going to be some times where you can't give 100% into every single thing and that's okay. Right. And stop kicking ourselves for that. Learning that balance and learning to forgive yourself just a little bit yes. and be kind to yourself and with your time. Yes. Oh my goodness. How is that for you as a stylist and sort of with this men- same mentality, like women coming into the store and they're not saying the most kind things to themselves. Oh, we're so mean to ourselves. We're so mean to ourselves. How do you sort of handle those situations? <sighs> you know, I think that making them, making putting them in the right items to feel great about themselves is awesome. And I always say there's there's only positive comments in here, like leave the self-deprecation <laughs> at home. But, you know, we're trying on bathing suits in February and we're, you know, white and it's not, <laughs> yes. it's, 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 it's not easy. Um, and we're, we're awfully hard on ourselves. So it's just finding the right pieces that make you feel great. And that's, that's what our stylists yeah. are there to do. So I want to talk a little bit about the franchising piece, too, um, because that's another major accomplishment. I mean, most people would be happy with just, I got my store, and it's doing well, and, you know, never be happy. Let's be real. (laughs) you took that magic recipe, and you said, this is a tool book ready to be disseminated for others who have the same drive and who want to get into this as well. 
And now you have how many locations? I have eight company locations and I have one franchise, two more um, opening in, gosh, very soon. And a lot more in the works. And tell me where are they located? Okay, great. So the first, the franchise, the first franchise that opened uh, about six months ago is in Hingham. It's very exciting. Megan's a exemplary franchisee. Um, And then the two that are coming up are actually two employees of ours. That's amazing. Isn't that great? So um, if you're if you're local, then Assembly Row, and pretty soon you yes. can shop bobbles at Assembly Row. This is, by the way, an exclusive. The- oh, my goodness. The first to know? Yes. Yay. Yes. I thought I would just do it. Oh. So um, we have Assembly Row, and then we're actually opening in Westchester, Pennsylvania as well. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be global. Wait, we are where we're, we're Making our We're way. On the way. We're making our way. But it's been so great. I thought at first it'd be so difficult for me to let go of that control, mm-hmm. being who I am. Um, but it's been such an amazing experience to be able to teach what I know to another woman and to s- see that she can do it. Yeah. To give her the gift of entrepreneurship is like the most amazing gift that I could give somebody. Um, and, you know, Megan's doing great. She's the first one. She's out there. Her store's beautiful. That's incredible. She's on. She's on my side of town. I might have to go you to Hingham. Yes, it's awesome. Um, but truly, I mean, giving up the reins for to to your baby and saying, okay, now you guys go sort of make it your own and put your own twist. In, in retrospect, you can look back and be like, okay, wow, it was all worth it. Yep. But when you first started, I mean. How did you let go? How did you let go? I was scared, but you got to take risks and you have to, you know, it's okay to be scared. Um, But, you know, when I first, when I walked into Megan's store for the opening, it was, it was really interesting to see, you know, the the business and the business model through her lens. And in all of my, my, even my company locations were not like a subway. You hear the word franchise and it's so unsexy. You're like, how not sexyism? I have a franchise. It sounds yeah. horrible, right? I've actually been to franchise fairs, and they're com- just that, like the most sexiest thing you can ever imagine. Um, so, you know, all of my locations from Portland, Maine, down to Connecticut, to New Street, they're all different sizes, different shapes. They look different. They feel different. Um, there is an underlying connectivity to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I can pinpoint what that is, but there is. Um, so being able to see yet another one was so great, especially because it birthed out of her brain. So I could have a completely different shopping experience if I walk into your Hingham store versus in what in one of the, the Boston experience stores. will be the same. Um, you got me. True. Experience will be the same. Picking up different items. You got it. You got it. So they really uh, curate a lot of their collection, which is exciting. And, and even my own stores, you can go to the one store to the next, to Newburyport, yeah. then you can go to Portsmouth. We'll have different product. Yeah. Do they have to run that by you? Or is it something yeah, it's that all, once it's It all theirs, goes through my fingers. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. But you know what? I think that that's important because, again, you want that continuity. You want to, mm-hmm. just like you, just soft me there. It's like I want to walk in and still know I'm in a Bobbles and Lace, but 
there it is something to be said about there's different little you know sub styles in the North Shore versus the you South Shore it. versus the city different needs right so there it makes sense to have a couple specific or set pieces for each area but it's not taking away from the brand exactly and who right. the brand is exactly it stays true to the brand but the products may differ from from store to store yeah and. I think um, talking about this this experience, uh, one of the things that really struck a chord with me was that you said, you know, I don't hire just someone to, to work a register. Mm-hmm. I don't hire just a sales associate, right? I hire stylists. And um, whether that means that they get to style each customer mm-hmm. or they're just there to be able to answer questions, um, I think it really adds to the atmosphere and what their initial impression is when when they're be the first walking in why was that so important to you you know and wh- how did you come up with that idea because i think that that's a little atypical yeah you know my my stylists are on the front lines who's in the store they're on the front lines they're the face you know when when you go to a restaurant it's that server who sets sets the tone for the whole experience um and you know i think that our success is 50% what we sell mm-hmm. and 50% what we do and so we have we we train all of our stylists to to be the girlfriend you shop with. So I, you know when we say stylists, I don't mean that they you know they they in their previous jobs were fashion stylists, um, but they have to they have to be likable enough to be your best friend in that mm-hmm. in that moment. You have to trust them in the fitting room. You have to take your clothes off. For this person, it's not so true with the curtain closed. Of course, don't think we're in there. <laughs> this is not low. I don't know if you know what Lomans is. I might be aging. No, I don't. Oh my god, it was Uh-oh. a store in Swampscott. My mom used to take me to as a child, and there was one communal fitting room. No, yeah, and I remember being. It's like a locker room. It was a locker room, but it was all like older women, and when you're young, bodies look very different from the seven year old girl me to sure like. Do women in the hair and the tubes and I'm like oh my god so no we're not low mints is what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) I I sidetrack a little no I like that that was funny um but I think that the having your girlfriend there with you is like so important just like the very beginning you said you know I'm not there to sell every piece of jewelry I'm there to help and to assist and and right and it's not about like there I used to work at I don't know if I should say this, but like I used say to work it. at White House Black Market. Yeah. And I just remember I worked there in, in high school and the employees make commissions. Mm-hmm. And so every time we would walk in. I hate commission. It would be, it's the worst. And it's just like every customer that would walk in, hi, how are you? As soon as they just touch something, can I start you a fitting room? And it, and yes, <sighs> we were there to help and say, okay, you're going on a trip. Here are some nice pieces for that weather. But like, we weren't really truly trained all that well because mm-hmm. it was really, they didn't give a shit. It was all about selling. Mm-hmm. Just how many pieces can you put in their fitting room and how many clothes can you get them to buy? And my boss would always be like, Tracy, go talk to that person. And I'm like, can she just shop in peace until she has a question for me? I just, I hated doing it. I knew the customers hated it. That there's such a difference. You can tell right away. Always know. When, when someone's it's... just trying to get money out of you yep. versus they genuinely and authentically just want to help you. Yeah. 
And I think that there's so, you know, there's so many stores like that. You walk in, what are you shopping for today? Oh, I hate and that like, so much. I always, even if I'm in a store specifically You will shopping, never say it. I'm always like, I'm just browsing, <laughs> even though I'm like, where no. the hell is that shirt that I know I saw online? And I yep. just, I don't want them to be suffocating me in like a helicopter. Yeah. It's the worst. I commission can do that. And it's, it, it's so inauthentic. It you know? really, truly is. Yeah. Yeah. I've been lucky enough. We have such a great team that really cares. Um, and we do an audition with our stylist. And part of the audition is dress me. <gasps> Fun. Pick, pick out some stuff. Because that's, I mean, that's really. Yeah. That's it, what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like give them little tips then? Okay, well, actually, would have paired this and this together instead, or maybe like, are you really getting the essence of who I am? That's where you kind of do that little fine tuning with them in the yeah, beginning, yeah. And then yeah. that's how they learn. Yeah, and you know, it's so nice to. I keep I keep referring to this, saying, you know, we want to be your best friend shopping. Because how great is it to go shopping with your best friend who is in the fashion industry? Like you're calling her, you're going to her, you you feel safe, you feel like you have someone will give you an honest opinion. Yes. And so we like to be that person. Right. But that takes trust. That takes time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many times have you gone and, you know, the, the girl in the fitting room told you that the dress looked really cute on you and yeah. then you bring it home and your girlfriend's like, honey, that's see-through. Or like, you know what, I think you should have gone a size up or a size down or whatever it may be. I want someone who's really going to tell me the truth in the moment. Mm -hmm. And we know our product so well. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about walking into a store now. I, I can't tell you the last time I've been to a store. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but you walk into, when I do walk into a store and there's no one, also there's no one to help, to help me. I'm like, okay, there's, how many products are in here? I don't know where to start. Right. Do I have to try everything on in the store to find one that fits? Work, uh, our stylists are like the cliff notes. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We can, we've seen the pieces. We've seen them on different bodies. We know how they look. We know what to pair them with. Like, we're the experts. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, like I think of like Marshalls. Right? I don't go in there anymore, but like Forever 21. Oh, like, so hard. It's, there's some cute stuff if you feel like digging for three hours. Yeah. So you take the digging out of the out of their, you know, responsibility. You got it. Here's your jean size. Wear it with the yeah. shoe. You're going to look great. Let us help you. Perfect. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Help me help you. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. And then my last question for you before we start to kind of wrap this up is you have learned so many things over the course of the years from trial and error and through success. But for anyone who's listening, if you had either one tip when it comes to owning a business, or if you have that general sort of piece of life advice that you think just applies for anything, what would be that that you'd want to share with them? This is like I could go. This is this is a the pressure is on. This is my Jeopardy moment. Um, you know, I think that there's so many things that go into having a successful business, and at the end of the day, it's really just hard work, right? It's it's not luck, right? It's it's it's, it's hard work. You have to love it. Yeah. And you also have to follow your instinct a lot of the time. I think that that uh, following your instinct, oh my God, there's so many. Say so I just gave you five. <laughs> I can't pick one out of those. It's it's follow your instinct. Don't be afraid to fail and work really freaking hard. 
I think that those are really good pieces of advice. Can I give you advice. three? Absolutely. <laughs> I would take 10. I'd love I to mean, give if you, you three. had them all, we would still take it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, bobblesandlace.com. Bobblesandlace.com. And you can, they can also buy online as well, right? You can buy so online. So there's e if you don't want to go e-com, into the store. And if you buy online, you can choose in-store pickup and pick it up in a store if you don't feel like doing a return. We have free yes. returns. And I have a present for you and your viewers. <gasps> you do? Head on into our store. Mention that you've listened to the podcast and you will get 15% off your purchase. Oh my goodness. That's so great. It's a little present. Thank you. It's a little present. Thank you. Now you guys are going to have to go shopping. So we're in. I'll, I'll list them off. Let's see yeah. if I can do them. I have to go in alphabetical order. <laughs> Andover, Boston, Marblehead, Newburyport, Portsmouth, Portland. I'm going out of order now. It's okay. <laughs> Newport, Rhode Island. And hang them. Wow. And soon to be. And soon to you be. You heard it here first. You got the Somerville. You got the exclusive Assembly Somerville roll. and Westchester. Wow. Yay. Yay. So many options to choose from. No excuse not to be able to pop into one of them. Hey, if you want a franchise too, hit and us up. And if you want a franchise, maybe this is your next move, ladies and gents. Who knows? We give you we give you the whole roadmap to success. I believe that genuinely. Find, knowing where to start is the hardest part. Truly. That's why I think franchising is such a great idea for yeah. people, yeah. you know, if it's something that aligns with their passion. Yeah, we just give you the, the <laughs> recipe and you cook it. Yeah. It's great. And then just well-oiled machine. Whip it up. <laughs> um, bobbles and Lace on Instagram. Lindsay, what's your personal Instagram? Or do oh, you not want to share? Just do Bobbles. I'm Alubets, but the Bobbles is way more fun. Bobbles is me. way more fun. Yours, your You'll see really me fun all too. O- You'll see me all over that thing, so that's <laughs> fine. But you um, can also click the tab in the website for Franchise to learn more about that. Okay. Awesome. And then actually one last thing before we go, um, with the hopefully nicer weather soon upon us, do you guys do any sort of like events, pop-ups, things like any fun activities oh or anything God. going on? We're always on? doing them, always. good weather or not. Good weather or not. Okay, yes, so we have an events an page. Yep, so keep an eye out. All of the different locations have cool stuff going on. Ton of pop-ups, ton of events. So Cool. Yeah, I'd say we have one happening every other day somewhere in a oh store. Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay, it's great. Well, silly question for me to ask. Then I guess <laughs> we gotta get you in. That's that's my that's next mission. That's my goal. I know. Well, back in the day, I didn't live in the city, and I felt there. I think there was only the city, and then I, that was like before I even moved to LA. Yeah. And so I was. I would always have my girlfriends. They were saying, "Oh, I got this at Bubbles and Lace," and I'm like, "I just one of my work days, and I just wanted to go home, and I never was shopping in the city." But now I, I got can't a little bit more wait. free time. I can't wait to put you in that oversized I, oh yeah, blazer. We have to make a deal. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Her her blazer. I was like, I just wish I could pull off an oversized blazer. Yeah, I'm gonna show you the way that she can. So you're gonna teach me I'm how. Teach you. You're gonna style me. Yeah. Well, like we can record it too, and we'll oh show God. everyone what the experience is like. But yeah, you, I want you to do it. I'll do it. Okay. I'm there. Okay, deal. I'm there. Deal. Deal. Thank you so much for coming on. This Thank is so much fun. I can talk to you forever. I know, and I love what you're doing here with your podcast. Thank I think you. it's so important and keep up keep it up it's so great i appreciate you and i appreciate all of you at home and we will see you next week bye